yeah, it's about um, walking or sitting sometimes and trying to see the world as if you're seeing it for the first time. And the sense of kind of awe and curiosity that comes with it of like, oh my God, this is the most wondrous and beautiful thing I've ever seen, but I just haven't been looking closely enough before to notice it. This is about humans dreaming together. About humans supporting each other on our journeys. It's about the science and the art behind making our dream lives a reality. To the students of life. The young and the curious. The dreamers and the doers. To those who crave to be a strong individual. And want to be part of something bigger than themselves. Welcome. 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 Welcome to the Dreamology Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Dreamology Podcast. We are here because we believe that just like anything else in life, the dream life can be studied. And Dreamology is the study of the art and the science behind making your dream life a reality. And we are here to give you the mindset, tools, and strategies for making daily progress towards your dreams, no matter where you are in your journey. My name is Tim Bishop. I am the co-founder of the Dreamers Initiative, a student of life and a life conversation junkie who is on a mission to identify how to truly live the dream life and help you do the same. Our guests include best-selling authors, neuroscientists, entrepreneurs, and dream chasers around the world who share their knowledge, greatest stories, and life lessons with us. And before we dig in, I want to mention this podcast is brought to us by the Dreamers Initiative, a personal development community for helping young individuals out there awaken their dream life and make them a reality. We believe humans are stronger together and that together we can accomplish anything. Let's get started on today's episode. All right, today's guest is Andy Dickmeyer, and she is talking about her experiences with adventure therapy. If you've never heard of it, it's okay, I had not either. But adventure therapy is basically looking at how does nature and the outdoors relate to our well-being. And Andy was one of 40 students in the United States to be granted a Watson Fellowship, which basically is saying to a student, if you had a year to learn about anything you wanted to learn anywhere in the world, what would you do? And Andy chose adventure therapy. So she went all around the world learning about adventure therapy, learning about forest bathing and things that we can do to connect to nature to learn how to be more present in our lives and to learn how to connect with the roots of where humans have existed for many, many, many years before these concrete jungles were created. We recorded this conversation pre-coronavirus and pre-shutdown of the world, and so you'll hear us talk about plans that she had that sadly had been canceled and rerouted, just like a lot of our lives have been. And so just keep that in mind as we're talking about all these things in this episode that this conversation happened before the coronavirus pandemic, and so that was not in our mindset. Also, you will hear us mention the previous name of the podcast, which was called Live an Extraordinary Life. Um, still believe in a lot of those concepts and values, but as a lot of you know who listen to this, we changed the name, changed the branding. And so if you hear that, live an extraordinary life, just know that that was the former name of the podcast. 
So without further ado, I will introduce Andy as she talks about her amazing stories in Australia and Spain and forest bathing and a lot of amazing, amazing things. And so here is Andy. All right, um, Andy, thanks for joining us today. Um, I'm curious if you give yourself a little bit of an intro and just the small spark notes of kind of what you're doing right now with your, uh, with your travels and the program that you are currently a part of. Cool, yeah, so my name is Andy. Um, and I'm currently on a Watson Fellowship studying mental health and nature-based therapeutic practices and programs, which essentially means I'm traveling around the world and learning about things like wilderness therapy and adventure therapy and this thing called forest bathing, which is awesome, and meditation and mindfulness in the woods and essentially anything that involves nature and the outdoors and how that relates to people's sense of self. That's that so exciting. <laughs> That's so <laughs> exciting. Yeah. And I was just like in awe. That sounds like a very awesome project. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm curious what question I want to ask you first, which is how did you, how did you choose like to, for this to be your topic mm-hmm. or, uh, Talk to me about like the process that led up to you even, even like doing something like this. I'm going to let you choose which one you want to answer because I'm really? super interested in both of those. Both of I those. I think things. they meld together as well too. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Okay. So you've known me for a while. So you know that I've really been into like mental health stuff for a long mm-hmm. time. Um, and so I started going to therapy as like a client in high school and I had all of these friends that had uh, mental health issues as well like our friend Alex Um, and when I got to college it just kind of amped up and I learned more and more about mental health I decided I wanted to be a therapist or counselor I joined my school's um, peer counseling program and got to meet with students like every week one-on-one confidential sessions get supervision it was like perfect. Um, So basically figured out that I want to be a therapist in the future. That's what I love. That's what I'm good at. It's, you know, my ideal job. Um, And then the outdoor stuff was more like the, the advertising of this fellowship when I came across it was like, if you had a year to learn about anything you wanted anywhere in the world, what would you do? That's the dream. <laughs> yeah, it, like it, the definition of like perfect. Um, and so for me, I was like, well, I love therapy. I love everything to do with it. I want to learn more about that. But I can't just like go around the world and then be a therapist because I'm an undergraduate. Um, so how can I incorporate something new as well as something I enjoy? Then I realized that I love spending time outdoors and hiking and sitting among trees and like kind of both like adventurous activities that are kind of hardcore like rock climbing or rappelling or something but also just like the really slow stuff and like looking at little drops of dew on the grass like I dig all of it so yeah I realized that I would want to 
kind of combined those two interests of mine. And I didn't realize at the time when I was applying that that existed at all, like the idea of anything to do with mental health outdoors or counseling outdoors. And then when I was doing research for this, I came across this thing called adventure therapy and wilderness therapy. And then it's also called outdoor behavioral health care, which is so confusing. Um, because <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of different names for essentially the same thing. Okay. And yeah, it's called different things around the world. So in Australia, it's called bush adventure therapy. <laughs> of course because it is. Because in wilderness, then you are implying that like the land is barren and free of people. And in, in Australia, that ignores the Aboriginal populations that have been there for thousands of years. Mm. Um so we should really, in the United States, not call it wilderness therapy either, because that's also ignoring Native Americans' history, but we do anyways. Gotcha. Okay. I just went on a rant. Sorry. No, um, that's good. That's like, <laughs> this, is, this is what I want to hear. Okay, so I have follow-up questions. So you, you were basically in high school when you were like, I want to be a therapist and work in mental health. Yeah. And did that waver at all, like in your college years, or are you like stuck pretty true to that? It did waver a bit when I started taking my psychology classes because I hated it. <laughs> I, hated all of, I hated all of my psych classes. Um, it was because so, of the content or just how it was structured or? How it was structured. It wasn't about connecting with people. It was psychology as a science. And mm that's fine and good but it's not what i care about i care about the part where i'm talking to someone and like when i'm sitting across from them and i feel a connection with them that's like the best feeling and right. in my flight classes i was learning like well if you need to prove or you need to provide evidence for like some theory you need to set up this study to do this this and this and your p-value needs to be less than 0.01 otherwise it's a sham and you got to do it all over again <laughs> and i just didn't I just didn't care about that at all yeah. um, and that was essentially all of my psychology classes were about like learning facts and then finding ways to find out my own facts about general populations of people and not necessarily mm individuals okay um so in terms of wavering i just i was really really close to dropping my psych major because it was just like killing me um and like i was a philosophy major as well and that was actually That's way more sweet combo. <laughs> yeah like that was way more about connecting with people and thinking about how I thought about the world and how other people think about the world than my psychology classes were. Yeah. Uh, but in the end, I think, I mean, I did both. And I think it's like two sides of the exact same coin. And one is like really focused on an individual and one is focused on like just the concept of existing. Okay. I think I would have really liked philosophy as a major looking back at it. I think mm -hmm. that that sounds... That sounds cool. But I also feel like, yeah, I feel like most majors, I mean, I reflect on my college experience and in the moment too, I was super critical of like the major, but looking back at it, it's probably pretty hard to like meet every person's individual desires within, you know, a full 
you got a couple thousand or however many students doing a major, you know, it's probably pretty hard. <laughs> so I, I'm less critical afterwards saying, yeah, they did an okay job. They did, a, they did know, their best. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's pretty hard to, you know, meet all the needs of people. But I, I totally know that feeling when you're doing it and you're like, ah, like it just isn't quite, it's yeah. not quite it. Not what I thought it was going to be, but. But luckily my, like being a peer counselor at the counseling center, I spent like five hours a week getting to do what I really love. Like nice. that kind of face-to-face stuff and getting trained in that. And then I would like attend therapy and group therapy and kind of just have like a mentorship with my boss. And it was like, that sustained me, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it um, helped, helped you ride the yeah. waves. And there was a time that I thought like I was only keeping my psych major because I thought that was how I could get into grad school to be a therapist. Like I thought if I didn't have a psychology degree, then I wouldn't be able to get into the grad school so I could do what I wanted. But I think I could have anyway. I know someone that was just a philosophy major and did all of his like summer internships and uh, after school activities related to counseling and has like an awesome job at a mental health hospital. But, you know, I was kind of scared to <laughs> break from, like, what I knew would work. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is scary, yeah. I mean, it's, I feel like it's funny when you're out of, so are you out of school technically, or is this, like, do you have I've to graduated, go back? Yeah. Okay, because I was like, it seems funny when you're in the school mindset, how, like, that resume thing always pops into your head, mm-hmm. and afterwards, I'm like, <laughs> like, forgot those even exist like I haven't even (laughs) like looked at a a resume or but so yeah it's funny Mm -hmm. um but okay so okay so you you graduated and then this was uh post-graduation fellowship and so I'm curious like was this like fully your design like how you spend this time and talk to me a little bit about like the structure like are you coming in with like some hypotheses that you're testing or you know are you just kind of like saying you know I'm gonna go to these places and like just give me a little bit of the the behind the scenes on and I guess if if there is even much structure there if it's more just following your intuition yeah so there's basically no structure or I make all of the structure Um, but I did need to write like a project proposal which talked about these are the things I think I want to do to learn about this topic of mental health and nature. So I plan on going to these countries. And in the beginning, I picked four countries and they were Australia, Norway, Hungary, and Japan. And while I'm there, I think I'm gonna talk to these people or at least these types of people. This is kind of the background information on these countries to explain why I wanna go to these countries specifically rather than another country. This is what I expect to find. Here are some of my guiding questions, such as, who does adventure therapy work best for? Why do adventure therapy rather than traditional therapy? What types of mental health issues are most uh, helped by adventure therapy? Mm -hmm. Um, What are some cultural considerations that need to be made when you're thinking about what's appropriate for different populations? Yeah, kind of things like that. So, like, 
maybe hypotheses and that I had some idea of like who could be doing it, who's more likely to be doing it, but nothing so strict as like, this is my original hypothesis and I will test it in these ways. And then I will know by the end if my hypothesis has support for it or not. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Man, in my head, I'm like, everybody could use this. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, so, yeah, the, the fellowship program, um, <laughs> people do whatever they want. Like everyone that is doing this is mm-hmm. 40 different people every year. They get to do this. Okay. And each of those 40 people design their own project. We don't get any advice from the like foundation people about what we should do or if we're doing it wrong or if like we should tweak it. We, you know, you just get accepted or not. And so you, you're like, well, I got accepted. So I'm going to do what I said I was going to do. Or I'm not going to do what I said I was going to do and I'm going to do something else. And then you just have to tell them where you're going and that you're alive. And they're like, okay. Wow. That's that's great i yeah and i love i don't know I, yeah i i think some of my friends and i have been talking a lot about i mean yeah we just don't if you live in a city you don't get exposure to nature as much mm. as i think like humans like I, we all know the feeling of being in a mountain or on a beach or just anywhere outdoors we're just like like you just your body just like mm. there's something about it that i don't know what it, i don't know what that is but it's i'm i'm like i think it's super cool you're kind of just delve into to just all of that because there's for sure something there and one of my best friends runs or helps as like a counselor at a like a boys adventure camp in the summertime that's awesome he's always like just dude it's amazing how these kids just get there and all of a sudden you know it's just like it just life changes when you get when you get out into the the outdoors yeah. or however we want to call it the bush or the you know just I guess just a place where there's more opportunity to interact with maybe the natural, the natural world. So I think it's. Well, yeah. So like, think about it where um, thousands and thousands of years of like humans even existing on the earth, 95% of that time we were in the forest or the savanna. Yeah. Or like 99.9. I don't know what the chunk is. All of our time, all of the time that we've spent developing and going through evolution has been about living in this forested environment. And so when you go back there now, like what you're describing of like, I don't know what it is, but it's just like this feeling. That's where it's our home. That's where we're supposed to be. That's what our bodies grew up to become used to. And like living in concrete jungles is not what our bodies are supposed to be doing. yeah, there's a lot of information about that on in with like Shinrin Yoku or forest bathing. Um, I have a book. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> I have multiple books, but this one is close to me. Ooh. The Japanese way of forest bathing for health and relaxation. Mm. Oh. Okay. So is this going to be a part of your Japan experience? <laughs> oh yeah, this is the Japan experience. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be learning about adventure therapy when I'm in Japan. Just this. Um, actually, I'm going to interview the author of this book in April. 
Really? Yeah. Nice. Um, and yeah, you said like living in a, a city is hard because of not having exposure to nature. And that's one of the things that um, adventure therapy as well as forest bathing is kind of trying to combat, like bringing people into whatever green space does exist, like parks, um, and teaching them for forest bathing, bringing them to slow down and relook at what the world is and try to see it through just entirely new perspective. Um, and there, there are a lot of studies that show that even doing that in any green space is more beneficial than being in a, surrounded by walls. But hmm. uh, yeah, nothing close to being, you know, surrounded by mountains and yeah. the sunset and all of that. It's interesting that you say that because I've been like doing some, some just like meditating the last like, year and a half or so. Mm-hmm. And you just do even think about even like you said, there's research behind doing it. Some like some sort of like reflective thought outdoors. I don't know the full process of the forest bathing, but like me sitting in my bedroom as opposed to me just like sitting outside, there is just like some sort of difference and it's hard to put into words, but yeah, you just do feel different. So I, I'm, yeah, it's interesting. There's like research behind that. That'd be cool to look yeah. into. There's so huh. much. Yeah. There's gotta be a lot there. And I'm reading sapiens right now too. So I'm like diving into all this like stuff oh, too of like that. prehistoric or what's it called uh a brief yeah i have my bed a brief history of humankind so it's like this is this is a good time for this conversation (laughs) um okay but so so far you've went to then australia norway um australia new zealand spain england scotland and now okay you added in you added in some stuff okay you ended up not going to norway not yet. I'm thinking I'm going to go in May, but um, okay. not sure. Okay. Um, like, I don't even know where to begin as far as like, I want to know like some of the experiences that you've been doing. Uh, but maybe just start in Australia. Like, you know, what were you doing there? And, and what was like a, the stuff you were kind of looking into? And mm-hmm. maybe what are some of the things that you learned? So I started at a, an eco lodge place. Um, that it was like nature connection center in the middle of the Barrington Tops National Forest um, in New South Wales. And I spent a month there kind of helping the people in charge to lead day camps or overnight camps for kids to connect with nature. Um, That was my first exposure to the bush. And so I was just kind of learning about the climate in general and freaking out about different animals that came into my room and (laughs) learning how to not freak out about it. Um, I went to this year's Bush Adventure Therapy Conference. So for all of the Australians that do it, they all got together in this beautiful setting in Queensland. And we spent a weekend kind of doing workshops and talking about what is Bush Adventure Therapy? Why is it important? here are some people that are doing it that want to share how they're doing it. Um, How do you incorporate art therapy into this? How do you keep 
how do you do a program with like trauma informed background and how does trauma um how do kids with trauma kind of how do they sorry if kids with trauma are on the program how can you tell that like they are struggling how what are the different signs of their trauma coming out um yeah i don't know it was awesome i met like i just made 50 new friends in a weekend because everyone (laughs) incredible and nice um yeah so i learned so much about just what bush adventure therapy is um and how it works and what you can do and how flexible it is and you know like who can do it who can call themselves a bush adventure therapist the answer is everyone um, <laughs> can, I, can i in plymouth therapy. minnesota call me a, <laughs> call myself a bush adventure therapist or no <laughs> call french park the bush and you Sweet. go out there <laughs> okay good um, yeah it's it's controversial because no one can agree on what bush adventure therapy really is and is not like you know what where's the line mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but a lot of it overlaps okay um, i think my favorite part of australia was going on a 10-day hiking and sailing expedition with these young sounds, women sounds terrible it was horrible <laughs> <laughs> no it was incredible it was us hiking along beaches on the on these islands off of um brisbane i think um learning how to sail like none of these girls really spent time outdoors in any way um and we camped under the stars and we swam with dolphins and we had stingrays like coming up to us while we were just like hanging out in the water and sat around a campfire and there was group therapy going on all of the time um there were three psychologists and two outdoor guides and then me for some reason they let me come Um, (laughs) and you worked your way into a lot of things the last couple months haven't you yeah (laughs) like hey uh, can i get the last invite i was like all right yeah i was like girl from minnesota again (laughs) i have nothing to offer you but (laughs) i can be lots of fun um I did have a lot to offer, actually, because I had all these games that I'd learned from being an orientation trip leader at Hamilton and doing mission trips. And I was like, I have games and riddles. (laughs) Which one should we start with? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think my favorite time in Australia was during that program. Cool. Although it was also really hard because it was just 10 days straight of being like on as a facilitator. Um, because it wasn't casual camping, it was really intense therapy was going on while they were also getting challenged physically with hiking and um, learning how to sail and different things. Um, I think my favorite moment out of that time specifically was when they, we spent an afternoon doing this activity called the River of Life. And so we went into the bush and everyone had an hour to sit down in their own space and look at different elements that they were seeing in nature, um, different plants, pine cones, shells, branches, sticks, bugs, whatever, and take all of those 
things and create a piece of art that resembled a river and use that to showcase their life story. How did they get to this place then this moment? Um, start from when you're born and where you are right now. And so you can use pine cones to represent your family. Um, perhaps if you had a bad relationship with one person, like that pine cone is uglier than the other pine cones to represent the ugly side of it or something. Um, and by the end, after an hour, um, everyone went to each other's river of life and listened while they shared their river of life story. And it was like the most emotional experience I think I might've ever had as a, like I was just this listener getting to take in and hold space for all of these girls' feelings that had been through so much trauma and neglect. Um, and they were getting to connect with the land and nature and share their story the way they wanted it to be heard. Like they got to shape their own story when they're in their whole life, they haven't been able to because so much is just kind of happening to them. And no one questioned what they said. No one was like, are you sure that really happened? Or that doesn't sound as bad as you're saying. Like everyone was just there and accepting and, and loving that person. Wow. I'm getting the goosebumps. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Like how often, I mean, it sounds like just a raw moment of like just authenticity. It's like, this is my story. This is, this is it. And how often do you get to just sit down and then have a group of people who just are like, all right, let's hear it. And that's, wow. That's. I don't think that people like adults in day-to-day -day life really have that experience very often. Um, let alone teenagers who have been, kind of told by society over their years of life that they're not worth listening to. Hmm. Right. Wow. That sounds, yeah, that sounds really powerful. That sounds very powerful. My, I, I have a, uh, a question. So with the adventure therapy, like, would you technically have to do it with somebody else who's like guiding you through something or just something that you could, for going back to my example of going to French park, like, is this something that I could go do on my own or like, how do, like, is it, does it need to be a facilitated thing or I'm curious the dynamics. Yeah, that's it. a great question. Um, for it to be adventure therapy from what I've learned this year, which is still limited. I think that it does need to be facilitated by someone that is qualified to deliver therapy in okay bunch of different senses of the word okay. so people might disagree on what that means exactly but you can still do something that is adventurous and therapeutic by yourself so gotcha. walking hiking can be an adventurous therapeutic activity for you um but like in terms of the service adventure therapy that is like is getting research to back it up and is getting government funding and you can mm -hmm. qualify to become an adventure therapy practitioner, um, take courses or whatever. Okay. That's usually about the interaction between the facilitator and the 
the participant. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah, so there could be, cause like, yeah, I feel like often when I go hiking or out in the woods, my, I wonder like if a mindset shift would be interesting there. Like if I was to go off on my own and I would say like, this is the purpose of this is to be therapeutic and to reset and to learn something. I wonder like, I almost mm-hmm. want to go do that now. Like just go out somewhere and kind of like do a weekend yeah. alone out camping and just have, you know, that oh, time. To- and that's when I was in Spain, the reason that I was in Spain was to do this training about how to facilitate a solo experience in nature for other people. Um, so it was kind of, it was like a weird version. It was like in between adventure therapy and like mindfulness outdoors. Okay. Um, and it can also be used in like an outdoor education or a rites of passage program or um, eco psychology or something. Um, and all I would suggest for you if you're going to do that and go outdoors and decide that it's going to be a therapeutic moment for you is to go in it with some sort of intention um, that comes from the land and nature, such as what is the ocean trying to tell me about who I am, for example. Um, Or I want to figure out what my next steps are like it it doesn't have to be focused on the land but a a therapeutic way of spending time outdoors is intentionally trying to listen to what your body and therefore nature and the outdoors are trying to share with you gotcha Wow. Cool. I want to leave like tomorrow. <laughs> you can do it in such work. I know. I could. Well, you know, I, I shouldn't hate on Minnesota too much because there, there isn't oceans or mountains, but there is actually, I feel like pretty decent exposure to at least parks and things mm. of that nature. So it yeah. definitely could be, although I do consider myself uh, a beach boy, it, it definitely could be, <laughs> could be worse. Um, yeah, okay. and the further north you go in the boundary waters, that's like I know. That's yeah. those are the images I have in my mind when I applied oh. for this fellowship. Was oh like, really? Yeah, I was thinking of like my dad and brother and I had gone on this trip up to a lake um, in Minnesota, and we were camping on an island in the middle of the lake, and then around the lake was like valleys of pine trees and blueberry bushes. Oh. There was like this image where I was sitting with my dad early in the morning on these boulders and watching the fog like dance above the water. And that's like the most therapeutic setting I can think of. Yeah. I I went to the boundary waters once in high school and I'm going back this summer for the first time. Oh wow. With uh the a group of people. So I'm super excited to go back because and it's funny because I feel like a lot of people who aren't from the Midwest actually don't even really know about the Boundary Waters, but it seems mm-hmm. like it's like this just super sacred, awesome place. It is. I mean, I was there once, but it's, yeah, I'm really excited to go back and experience just being out in the middle of kind of, again, out, more in the natural world again, I guess is the phrasing we'll, we'll say, mm-hmm. but I'm excited to go do that again. Yeah.
should be really fun. Um, okay, I wanna I wanna ask a hard question. Okay. So you've been gone for how long? That's not the hard question. So you should be able to get this one. <laughs> Six and a half months. <laughs> Six and a half months. Okay. Uh, what's been like the hardest thing so far that you've had to experience? I think some hard but obvious ones are feeling homesick um, and feeling confused because like all of my peers are doing jobs right now and I'm traveling and learning and that's supposedly um, a job. <laughs> doesn't really feel like it sometimes. <laughs> um, but I think for me personally, I've always been a very highly productive, high achieving perfectionist person mm. where if my days are packed and busy, I know that I'm doing it right. Like I knew I had structure with school. Um, even if I didn't like the structure, I had it and I knew the rules that I had to play by. And this year is no structure whatsoever. Um, I like I need to figure out what I need to do, how I'm how I'm gonna know if I've met my goals, what my goals are, um, if I'm doing it right or wrong, or you know, eventually realizing that there's no way to tell if I'm doing it right or wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was like the first four and a half months, I think. That was something I was just really struggling with. Was like, I don't think I'm doing this right, but I don't know how else to do it. Huh. Uh, and then, kind of, I in like the fifth month, I, I really leaned into that, and I was like, I'm sure I'm doing it wrong. Like, I'm positive that this is not <laughs> the way it's supposed to. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, and now I'm kind of like. This year is about learning about adventure therapy, but it's also about me having new experiences and growing. And like the only kind of requirement is that I challenge myself. And that means that there's a bunch of different spheres that I can challenge myself in. And it doesn't have to be physical, like go rock climbing up to the, like a higher place than you've been before, or like speak a new language or go to the most like obscure place I can think of, but rather like find my own routine that works for me and stick to it or commit to learning about healthy cooking and regenerative cultures and try it even though it's really uncomfortable to think about changing my lifestyle, things like that. Mm. So uh, there was a hump at some point and I'm, I think I'm over the top, <laughs> but I'm not, you know, I'm like, <laughs> you're getting there. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's an interesting thing to bring up. Just like the, the productivity argument and just like, it's, it's like, it is like in our DNA. I don't know what mm. it like. I mean, it's probably because, I mean, yeah, you go to school for how many years? 15. I don't even know. I could be wrong. 16. But yeah. Like that's our mindset. So it's probably like really good for you to like, like again, the beginnings, that's probably difficult to snap mm. out of that. Cause even I like, yeah, I, 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 I that as well. Like what? you're your own 
You are your own oh, boss. Yeah. No, I was relating to like some of the things you said over those first four and a half months. You're kind of like, am I doing this right? Because yeah, when I like first started my own ventures, mm-hmm. it was always like, okay, like everyone else is working from eight to five. So I have to work from eight to five or, you know, everyone else is doing it this way or like, I've always done it this way. So I need to do it this way. And mm-hmm. like, if it's a Tuesday morning, like I have to be productive because like Tuesdays are days for being productive. Mm-hmm. And like, it still happens a lot. Like I still get like almost stressed when a day like isn't full. I'm like, like, but I've gotten a lot better at being like, okay, like, and I have the luxury of doing this, but like, you know what? It's a Wednesday afternoon and I'm feeling like kind of tired. So I'm going to like make a meal and work out and I'm going to like chill because I, I know that I worked on like for like four hours on Saturday. So like, I know I'm like putting in like a lot of hours, like probably more than a normal human being does in a work week. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm putting in the hours, but it was being more comfortable with like, just understand that I can do it my way and I don't have to like feel like I need to be productive just because like the rest of the world at this moment is being productive. So yeah, the it's, it's hard to not compare but like breaking out of that is good. And like you said, just accepting like, yeah, okay. Like doing this wrong or I'm doing this different, but it's okay. I'm just going to like lean into that. I think that helps to just like start to look more inward rather than like try to look what everyone else is doing and compare yourself to that. And that never usually ends too well. I don't think. Yeah. It's kind of like we've been coloring in a coloring book with very (laughs) clear lines for our whole lives. And now all of a sudden the lines have gone away and Mm -hmm. you know, you got to figure out your own picture that you're drawing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's like literally if I should like have that be the intro to the podcast, because that's like literally what I'm, I, you know, my goal, one of the big goals with this is like, it's called live an extraordinary life. But the, the goal is like for that phrase to mean something different for everybody, you know, Mm -hmm. like, for me, like yeah. extraordinary, it doesn't mean you have to like do these, you know, crazy like things and be like the CEO of this. And like, it means, okay, like here was all these things that you were told that were the definition of success or are going to make you happy. And, but like, let's like break that down. And how do you make your own lines and mm-hmm. write your own drawing? You yeah. make your own coloring book. How do you make your own coloring book? <laughs> so yeah, I think I think it seems like you're going through that process right now of like deconstructing some things and then mm-hmm. building kind of like new foundational beliefs. So that sounds really cool. Yeah, definitely. Nice. And so at this point, um, has your like thoughts about the evolution of your career changed at all as far as like, is there certain aspects of this you're learning about that you're like, Oh, I could get into this. Or have you been learning a little bit about like what types of therapy that you might want to do? Or are you still kind of just in the, is that has the, the next phase thought not fully bought, like come into your head yet? Hmm. Yeah. I've been toying with the ideas of my future um sometimes more stressful than other times I think I think that the idea of being a therapist is still 
great to me, but it feels important now that I open up to therapy plus nature. And I don't know if therapy plus adventure is exactly what I want, but the na the nature elements of that, um, mm. I think you can get adventure quite easily, but yeah, I don't know. I, I like the parts of like the idea of nature as co-therapist rather than like using nature to achieve a certain goal. Um, so I think what I would love to do, become a therapist, um, meet with people in like a traditional setting sometimes, meet with people in a forest or a park, do walk and talk outdoor therapy, mm. um, go kayaking, uh, incorporate some elements of forest bathing that I'm learning and mindfulness and meditation. Um, sometimes lead like overnight trips or camps for a group that is way more adventure therapy yeah. than normal therapy. Um, I think like my life's dream right now <laughs> is to have like an adventure therapy camp, like a residential place in the woods like summer camp but it's all about therapy and you hang out and do activities and like have lunch in a big hall and you have therapy every afternoon and then sometimes you go camping outdoors and you have group therapy and then you go rock climbing and then you have therapy about that and then you meditate and I don't know. Sounds, it sounds great keep, right? the dream, keep the dream alive hey if you need someone to help uh, with the marketing and the business development <laughs> Hit me up. Like at that Perfect. point, hopefully I'll know a few more things and can do something. Uh, it just sounds like the most fun way to do what I love and for it to be helpful for people and connect people with nature. Yeah, you should do that. I'm sure people would, would love that. Keep that dream yeah. alive. That One sounds, day. Yeah, that sounds awesome. That sounds really awesome. Mm. Cool. Okay. <laughs> So that's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it seems like you don't have to limit yourself to one type or the other. You can, yeah, like you said, you can mix in some traditional therapy and then you can do however many times a year we're going to do these outdoor yeah. extended trips. And then maybe I have one client who every month wants to lead, like meet here. And so you can for sure mix those things. And I'm sure you'll learn more about that too, as you keep going on your, on your adventures here. Yeah. Um, those are all like 25 steps away. And I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sure what step one is yeah. or two or whatever, but that's step 25. So <laughs> we'll, get to it. we'll get there. So how much, how many, you, I mean, I feel like you told me you have, you're going to be gone for at least another year or what, how, how much, how much longer total. experience? So that's about five and a half months left. Okay. Mm -hmm. And from here, so right now you're in Budapest. Yes. And then from here, it's Japan is next? Yes. And then after that, is it maybe Norway and then home? Or what's the, is, am I missing something? Uh, so I think I'm going to go to Hong Kong after that. Um, there's this person there that's doing some awesome adventure therapy, plus forest bathing, plus um, bushcraft skills. Uh, she calls it rewilding. Um, and I might lead some camps with her, which would be ideal. That would be, yeah. 
Um, And then, you know, it depends on like my itinerary and how much money I have left, but I'd love to go to Norway or maybe Finland and hike or do the pilgrimage of the um, St. Olaf's Ways. Yeah. And uh, because I wanted to go to Norway or somewhere in Scandinavia to learn about the concept of friluftsliv, which means like life in the outdoors. Mm. And it's supposedly something that is just kind of ingrained in Scandinavian culture of like just really enjoying and appreciating what it means to be connected to the world, um, Mm. like the natural world. Yeah. And so I was hoping to do that originally by doing adventure therapy stuff there, like in December. And then timing wise, it just wasn't working with the people that I was hoping to connect with. Um, And so now I'm thinking I'm going to switch it. And instead of focusing on adventure therapy, have more of a personal experience and like journey with this pilgrimage and talk to along the way, the people that I meet about this idea of Freelutzfliv and how that, what that means to them. Hmm. That sounds awesome. I have a buddy who's living in Norway right now and it sounds like, it sounds like there, yeah, there's something really unique about the Scandinavian culture and their relationship with the natural, the natural world. And it's really cool. Like there's, there's just like all the systems are in place that in theory, like are just so awesome. Like you can, there's, you know, like on the beach, there's recreational equipment and you can like use it for free wow. as long as you bring back trash that you see. That's awesome. So it's like they have these systems or like there's another one that's if so like, and I could be getting the numbers a little bit wrong here, but with uh, like uh, for vehicles, if you buy the same car, like $20,000, same car, but one's electric and one is not the gas or the oil based car uh, is taxed at like a hundred percent and the electric car like isn't taxed. So you get the same car, but if you get the electric one, you're paying like half the price. It's like, Oh yeah. So like they have these like just natural kind of systems in place that make it. So doing the right thing is like also like the financially beneficial thing. So it's, it's super cool. And, and they I have did, this thing with um, camping, like tents outside and that apparently any public space you can camp on. Yeah. Like accessible and legal and free. Yeah. Like I think most, yeah, like there's, I, w- I feel like what I've heard from him is most of the space is public space. Like it's, yeah, just, yeah it sounds, well, even, oh, this is another like great example too, where the idea of just like things are just kind of shared. It's like they have, they have their big soccer stadium that they play like the, like the professional team plays the games in, mm-hmm. but like anybody can use the stadium. So like yeah. him and his buddies can go in and play soccer there. So it'd be like mm-hmm. if you were in, you know, the target center and the Timberwolves are playing there, but you can just go in and play pickup with your friends. And he's like, mm-hmm. the team will come out sometimes and like, Hey, can you guys like wrap it up? Like we're going to start a practice soon. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine here if like wow. you were playing on the Timberwolves court and they were like, 
came up and they just said, Oh, like, yeah, no, you guys keep going. We're going to do our stretches on the side. We can do them on the steps and we'll, and it's like, just, awesome. the, just that idea of there's something cool there. I, I'd be excited for you to go there and just explore and kind of dive into what all that is because there's something really cool going on in those countries for sure. Yeah. Wow. I'm excited too. <laughs> well, yeah, you actually get to go. I, I'm excited for you, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, someday, someday. Cool. All right. Well, actually I have one more question about adventure therapy before we can kind of start to wrap up, but we we've talked about forest bathing a lot, but I feel like I don't have like a good visual for what it actually is. So can you just give me a brief summary? <laughs> yes. You got your book. Good. Open it up. <laughs> Just let me... Chapter four, page... You're, you're ready for this one. I should really just read this book. But, um, so what's, you, the bu- what's the book called? Shinrin-yoku, The Japanese Way of Forest Bathing for Health and Relaxation by Professor Yoshifumi Miyazaki. Oh, man. And it's becoming very popular around the world, especially in places like Oregon and California and New Hampshire. Mm. Places with woods. Yeah. Um, so forest bathing or shinrin-yoku, these words are used interchangeably, um, means experiencing the forest and immersing yourself in it. Like you're bathing yourself in light. That's how it's used, like bathing in the forest, mm. um, not in like the wet sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a weird way to say that. <laughs> you're, not find, you're not finding the nearest puddle and... <laughs> So, gotcha. Carry on. (laughs) And it's, yeah, it's about um, walking or sitting sometimes and trying to see the world as if you're seeing it for the first time. And Mm. the sense of kind of awe and curiosity that comes with it of like, oh my God, this is the most wondrous and beautiful thing I've ever seen, but I just haven't been looking closely enough before to notice it. It's kind of like if you're on acid and you're in the woods, but instead of being on drugs, you're just doing it yourself. (laughs) You're just, (laughs) yeah, no. (laughs) It's like a insane mindfulness almost. You're just, is it appropriate for your podcast to talk about that? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, everything's fair. No, but I mean, there is, it's funny too that you even mentioned that because there is a lot of what like research behind that a big part of like doing some sort of hallucinogenic or some sort of drug is like just the the mental aspect of it. Like there's, your brain has the capability of reaching some of these states on its own. That's, Mm -hmm. that's the conclusion we're making. Yeah. And maybe not so much in the sense of like, oh, everything is swirly. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, oh my God, this is like, I, I have no words to describe it because it's so beautiful or it's, it's really like taking hold of me and I feel really mm. connected to it right now. Mm. Um, cool. So that's like, I'd say that's the pretty extreme version where like you're really good at forest bathing and you've done it a lot, okay. but mostly slow, mindful, noticing of things um it's like you're meditating but you're in the woods and your eyes are open and you're moving sometimes nice yeah 
That sounds, um, yeah, that sounds great. If you want to, like, a, a two-mile walk instead of trying to just get from point A to point B, the point is to experience everything along the way and not really worry about the outcome. Hmm. It's like a way of, you know, we were talking about the productivity thing earlier. Like, yeah. how do I know I've met my goal? Well, the goal <laughs> isn't to get to point B. The goal is to experience the journey from point A to point B. Nice. Okay, cool. Thank you for giving me a forest bathing 101 with some added, mm. <laughs> added well, conversation. No how helpful any of this is. <laughs> huh? I have no idea how helpful any of this is. Oh, this is, no, this is great. It's, it's getting, yeah, no, it's getting me excited because I, I've been, I mean, I mentioned I've been meditating more and I, I know that there is some of these retreats that you can do and I've been wanting to do some and I'm, I know that the majority of them involve a combination of like group meditation where you're sitting together solo and then times where you have, um, you know, cause a lot of them are in a nature setting. So you can go outside and then you can do your meditating while walking through the woods or, mm-hmm. you know, so this is right up my alley. Cause I'm, I'm super interested in, I want to give this stuff a go. I'm just trying to find the right time to, to go try it. But, even to your point like it'd be super interesting to go out to one of these parks here and just you said go for a walk it's just just an hour it it doesn't even need to be you know whatever but yeah i'm gonna walk across this and just you know i feel like you just don't often give yourself that time and that space like for me it's like oh i'm gonna go work out and then i'm gonna do the next thing but it's like what if you know you said i'm gonna just set aside this whole morning and i'm just gonna go walk in these woods and we'll just see like you said see what the outcome is so yeah this is no for me this is super interesting because i'm like this is something i for sure want to go try yeah i think the main i think the thing that ties adventure therapy and forest bathing together besides the obvious things of like therapeutic and outdoors is just learning how to be present in yourself and what that can do for you and your relationship to the earth and yourself as well. Mm, cool. All right. Well, I will close with one final question for you. Okay. And you can answer this any way that you want because I think we're all in the process of answering this question, but it's something I ask every guest, which is just kind of like at this point in your life, like what are some of the things that you're learning about that um, are kind of like pillars of an extraordinary life for you? I think the first thing that comes to my mind is the idea of having a growth sense or a um, growth concept. Mm. Growth mindset. Growth mindset. Thank (laughs) you. Kind of like growth concept. That could be good too. Yeah, growth mindset. Um, Yeah, I think that that's really like the best way to get like all of the juice out of the goodness of life is that like every experience you have you're learning from and negative experiences are just as helpful in learning about yourself and your world Mm. as positive experiences are probably even more so. Um, Like 
Yeah, there's always a silver lining to everything and not in like the gross optimistic sense. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a bit cynical. Um, <laughs> but like everything that happens, it doesn't happen for a good reason necessarily, but like you can learn something from it. Um, so I found, especially this year and in my time figuring out what I wanted to do with my life during school, that having this idea that I'm learning about myself with every single thing I do and interaction I have is has been really helpful in helping me appreciate what I have in my life and mm. look forward to the future. Um, so yeah, that's one growth mindset. And also, <laughs> so I have this tattoo on my foot. I don't think, I don't think you know about it, but I got this tattoo on my foot in the spring of my freshman year of university and it has the word authentic on it. Nice. Um, and like a month after I got it, I hated it and I wish I hadn't done <laughs> it. Because <laughs> I was like, oh God, it's too cheesy. Uh, I'm not supposed to be that type of person, but you know, my relationship to it has changed over the years. Um, and now it's just a really good reminder for me that like life is too short and strange to take myself too seriously. And if I can constantly just try to be whoever I am in whatever way feels most authentic to me at that moment, not like for the year or like, my authentic self is uptight or my authentic self like really likes football or something. It's not whatever, but like trying to figure out who I am and kind of committing to that. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Andy Dickmeyer Hope it has you thinking about some new things. You know, for me, it's really got me thinking about how I can get myself in the outdoors more, even on a day-to-day basis, right? And this idea of using adventure and nature and connecting to the outdoors, connecting to where humans have lived for 99% of our existence and using that as a way to ground ourselves in the present moment and to appreciate the earth and to understand ourselves and who we are and what our role is in the world. And so my call to action for people, even though this isn't exactly adventure therapy like we talked about, is to have an adventurous and therapeutic experience where you're setting intention, going to the outdoors, and trying to connect yourself to nature and be more present. In a world where we're living in front of screens 24-7, whether it's on our phones or on our computers, stepping away and having a fast from technology is shown to have so much mental health benefits, and this is one of those ways to do that. So find a way to get outside more, connect with nature, and if you're feeling big, plan an adventure therapy experience for yourself where you can go out in the outdoors and really reconnect to the natural world. So thanks for tuning in to this very special episode with Andy Dickmeyer, and as always, go make those dream lives a reality. I'll see you next time.